Welcome to the next episode of Good Stories. I am Joey Womack, founder of Goody Nation, and this episode is titled Addicted to the Hustle. Revenue over everything causes all founders to need therapy with Science Gallery Atlanta. Awesome. Well, let's let's get right to it. Uh, so we're going to bring up the next group of folks to the stage, uh, talking about some awesome stuff uh, and we're going to kind of keep it rolling. So super excited for this particular uh, segment. Uh, this this particular thing is near and dear to my heart. It combines two of the, the phrases that are that are really important to Goody Nation. Um, revenue over everything and all founders need therapy. So we got a rock star group of, of people that are joining us at the moment. Um, with a special partner in Science Gallery, Atlanta Emory University. And so let's do some quick intros. I'm going to start with, uh, with with Floyd. You want to do a quick intro, your name, you know, organization, role, and stuff like that. And after that, we'll go to we'll go to Ash. Awesome. Well, good morning, everyone. Thank you to Goody Nation. Thank you to everyone in the audience. I'm Floyd Hall. I'm the creative producer for Science Gallery Atlanta. And Science Gallery Atlanta is an initiative of Emory University, an Atlanta-focused and an Atlanta-facing initiative of Emory University, where we're seeking to use and, and connect um, uh, more folks to, 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 to science, um, but using art to do that. Um, and we, we think about science in a very wide array of I think perspective. So it's not just like what's in the lab, it's it's public health, it's political science. And we're just thinking about all the ways in which both artists and researchers tell these stories about what's happening in the world. And so moments like like uh, today are super um, exciting for us because I think when, when, we, when we talk about um, the community of, 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 of builders, of thinkers, of creators in the Atlanta area, um, you know, this is a community that we really want to welcome into Science Gallery Atlanta to help um, foster more stories and more collaboration. Um, our, our first exhibition, um, which will open in early 2022, is entitled Hooked. And so this really seeks to unpack and explore all the things we think we know about addiction um, beyond what you may think about in like a really like mainstream kind of way. Really just tapping into the, the behaviors, the rituals, um, the activities, um, and the, the community factors, the, the biological factors, the community factors that may play a role in how we all move um, relative to um, being addicted to certain things, substances, as well as activities. And so this conversation, um, we, we talk about the hustle um, and therapy and um, wellness and trying to really unpack some of those behaviors that might lead us down a certain path. This is a conversation that's just really exciting for us. So thank you for the welcome. Thank you for giving me that space to kind of give a bit of a bit of an intro. Um, and I'm really excited for this conversation. I think Ash, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, actually want to go want to go to you next. Okay. Um, good morning, everyone. Thank you uh, for for having me here. It's a real pleasure. I was excited uh, when Floyd and Emery reached out um, to have the conversation. Uh, my name is Ash Nash. I am a uh, Black arts and community uh, organizer and activist. Um, I've produced uh, public art projects and um, really a proud uh, disruptor in many systems that <laughs> oppress Black people. 
whether it be through our, you know, our voice, um, our imagery, and just making sure that we have ownership in all the value that we bring to the work that we, um, to communities and to the world culturally. Um, so I really position myself now as pretty much a social economic architect, because uh, you really have to go into a lot of these systems and just, you know, tear them down and build them back up. Uh, so that's the work that I do. And um, again, it's a, it's a pleasure to be here. Awesome. 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 Next up, I want to go to uh, to Will for, for a quick intro. Will Lucas, brand manager for Afrotech, the largest black tech digital platform and conference in the world. I'm a huge fan of the work Joey is doing, so I appreciate the invitation today. I'm also um, founder and CEO at Toll House, which is a private social club in my hometown, and Creatio, which is a full service marketing and production agency. Nice, nice, nice. And then I want to go to, to Julius next. Yeah, uh, good morning. Thanks for having me. I'm Julius Bryant, founder and CEO of Jack's Rideshare Rentals. Um, we're a beautiful marketplace for gig workers based in Atlanta. So essentially people all over this country who don't have access to the tools they need, i.e. a card, um, to participate in the gig economy are, are effectively excluded from that type of work uh, due to that lack of access. So those people can essentially come rent a vehicle from us and use it to go make some money. So um, that's the work we do. Um, excited to be here. This uh, topic around hustle um, and kind of the entrepreneurship mindset around hustle is, is one of my favorites to talk about. I, I talk about that quite a bit, actually. So um, excited to, to get into the conversation. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And then last but not least, uh, we have Maya. Or Naya, excuse me, Naya. Hi there. Can everyone hear me? Yep. Awesome. Great morning. So I am the founder of Naya Powell, founder of Utopia Spawn Global Wellness. So we are your holistic one-stop shop for multicultural wellness on demand. So with the pandemic and COVID, we knew that we couldn't connect um, as easily. And we know that we're now living in a new normal. We also know that we're living in a global stress epidemic and anxiety and mental health are on the rise and especially for our community. Um, and so we are delivering multicultural wellness that really celebrates global diversity on our platform. So that's what we offer. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So let's let's really get right to it. So the first part of this conversation is really gonna focus on the hustle right? The strive, like revenue over everything. And I'll kind of talk about what kind of what that means. I want to get everyone's thoughts on it. And then the second part of it, we're going to get, we're going to delve into why all founders need therapy. You know, what are some of the things that come from the hustle, you know, the addiction, how people cope and things of that nature. Right. So first off, I want to, Julius, I actually want to start with you. I mean, you said this is one of your favorite topics. So when we talk about, you know, revenue over everything, when we talk about the hustle, the entrepreneurship mindset, what is that? What does that mean to you? Yeah. So, um, so I kind of separate the, the two in my mind, right? So, um, revenue ever, over everything. I love that, uh, kind of slogan or, or mantra that y'all use at Goody Nation. Cause that really should be the focal point. Like the whole game of entrepreneurship in a sentence is like, how do you get someone to take money out of their pocket and put it into yours. Like that's the game. Right. Um, and it seems simple, but a lot of us forget that because we're distracted by the other things that come along with entrepreneurship, the social media and uh, the PR and those type of things. So I really, whenever I feel like I'm getting lost or I'm starting to drown in my entrepreneurship, I just go back to that. Like is the thing that we're doing 
ultimately serving our customers to the point that they're going to want to take money out of their pocket and put it into ours. So revenue over everything. Um, but then the other side of that, and it's, it's closely related, is the hustle. And I think, you know, I have an opinion that hustle should be temporary, right? We shouldn't have um, this eternal and perpetual hustle, right? Because to me, hustle is like you're just trading time for money. It means you have to use your physical body to be somewhere to, to make money for your business. And that's not sustainable over the long term. If we're building scalable businesses that have the potential to reach, um, you know, exponential increases as it relates to revenue over everything, at a certain point, you got to remove yourself out of the hustle. You got to be building systems and processes and hiring people so that you can grow that business to the next level. I think I forgot the exact number, but I want to say it's like 95% of black owned businesses don't have any employees. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's like literally the definition of hustle. Every dollar you make, you got to wake up and you got to go get it every day when you don't have a team and you don't have systems and processes built in place for you to continue to scale that business and grow without your physical presence. And, and I think social media has contributed to this too, but we live in an era now where people try to make this hustle look sexy, right? People want to look like they're busy all the time. Um, and that's weird to me because to be busy is really to just be broke for time. Mm. Right. And, and people, mm. people don't brag about not having money, right. You don't, people, people don't brag about not having um, the ability to spend money on the things that they need to spend. Cause that's because nobody wants to be broke for money. So why would you want to be broke for time? So I kind of just use that, that as my mindset where as I'm growing and I'm building these businesses, I want to make sure that, you know, in the early days, I, I do have to hustle because I really need to be fully immersed in it. I need to learn it. I need to understand it for myself. But the goal is to really to be built, building systems and hiring teams to run those processes for me so I can free up my time to do other things. Nah, I love it. <laughs> I, I love I love that's quite a few gems there. Quite a few gems. Will, I want to I want to get your thoughts on. I mean, you're an entrepreneur and you also see a bunch of entrepreneurs. You talk to them all the time. Like, what is that hustle? You know, you know, what what it, what does it mean to you? Yeah, I mean, revenue over everything. I'm, so we have this um, saying in tech, like in, you and I have talked about this before, Joey. It's like lifestyle companies are, you know, looked down upon. And if you haven't raised, you know, a trillion dollars to build your thing, then you aren't really doing it. And you mentioned, you know, just as well as, as a philosophy, I believe in like, we got to get rid of that mindset, like that you have to go raise a bunch of money to be able to build your thing. And lifestyle companies are not as valuable or as worthy of attention as, you know, venture backed companies. So revenue over everything to me is like, you know, to, uh, to my man's point, I forgot his name. It's not on the screen right now. But when you talk about is the work to get a customer to take a dollar out of their pocket and give it to you, that is the real work. And so you have a lot of companies who have raised significant amounts of capital and haven't earned a dollar. You know, they can raise money very well, but haven't earned anything, you know. And so it's not just eyeballs. Yeah, we live in an attention economy. But if you if your company was to go away today, would anybody care? Mm. And so I feel like I'm, what I want to spend my time on is building things that in the forefront of the, you know, the business enterprise, people see the value and they want to be a part of it. And so. I built three companies that, you know, in the first several months have, you know, received checks from customers because they I've supplied a need. I supplied the 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 supply to to the the demand that they had. And so for me, 
I, I completely agree with Julius. Like, you know, you shouldn't be hustling forever. And one of the things that we have a, a struggle with in our community is, you know, we want to hoard all the capital. So I wish I would have learned earlier in my business career that, you know, to put the money back in, you know, just because, you know, you put $10 in and you got a hundred back, don't go spend that 90, put the 90 back in so that you can continue to grow that thing, go hire people because now, you know, even like, you know, scriptural, like, you know, one can do a thousand, two can do 10,000. And so I'm like, I'm trying to go get the 10,000. And the only way you do that is by amplifying your output. And the only way you amplify your output, because you as an individual only can do so much, is by bringing people along who can help you do that thing. And so I got out of the hustle mindset years ago, but I had to learn along my entrepreneurial journey to bring people along. Um, there's a quote of one of my favorite entrepreneurs, Paul Judge, talked about, he's like, you know, how do you get smart people to come work for you? Like you got to be doing something special because they could be doing a million other things. And so I'm like, I want to be doing something special that smart people want to come along with me on my journey. And so that's the way, you know, if, if you're building something, you think there is value, can you sell it? Mm. Can you get somebody to come buy it? Not just your auntie, not just your cousins, but can you get somebody who doesn't know you to come support what you're doing and not just support for support sake because they see value. You're supplying a need, you know, so that to me is revenue over everything. And, you know, my contribution to the conversation about hustle, you should not be hustling forever. If you're hustling forever, then you have not built a skill set to go build a team to come along that journey with you. I love it. I'm, I'm sensing the theme here. I'm sensing the theme. I'm, I'm about to come back to it before that. Naya, uh, your, your thoughts on revenue over everything, the hustle and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm a third generation entrepreneur, so I know the the hustle, <laughs> the entrepreneurial mindset very well. And I know the impact, um, the, the toll that it takes um, on our lives and on our self-care. And so that's why I'm so passionate about the, the business that I've created. Um, that's why I created a wellness um, organization is because I understand that, yes, we do need to bring in revenue, but we also need to make sure that we are balanced in how we do that. So I really appreciate the, the comments from Julius and Will, you know, one, we don't want to be in a hustle mindset forever because we do live in a, in a world of time poverty and the stress levels uh, and the impact of what it takes to be an entrepreneur is not a game. So 70% of entrepreneurs suffer with, suffer with um, mental health challenges, you know, everything from bipolar to um, ADHD, ADHD to depression to suicidal thoughts. So this is the hardest work one could ever do. And so we have to make sure that when we are, you know, going after the revenue that we are looking at how do we grow our team? How we how do we uh, build capacity? How we how do we add other smart people as um, I think that was was that Julius that I think that was Julius <laughs> or Will that just said that. I might be getting the two you mixed up, but lots of great comments here. And I think that, you know, when we look at what it takes to really build a company, one of the conversations I had last night is how do you know when it's time to hire? Well, as soon as you have some resources or even getting creative and bringing on interns, because you do need to be able to scale yourself. You do need to be able to scale your brilliance and your ability to make things happen and bring in more revenue. But I also like the comments around, you know, we don't need to get so caught up in just being able to raise capital because I think there's something to be said about being able to generate revenue, to be able to build a client base. And, and if you need to raise capital, go for it. I'm not saying that there's something wrong with that, but I think that as a founder, we have to be careful that that doesn't become everything that we're doing and we're not working our business. So I think, you know, making sure that we are 
practicing some some meditation, some mindfulness, some gratitude journaling, you know, having daily self-care practices that are going to fuel us to keep us going is going to be so important. And also remembering our why, because it's easy to lose sight of that. No, I love it. I love it. Floyd, Floyd I want to come to you. I think you're, I don't know if you're, you're sensing some of these themes that, that, that I'm sensing as well, being broke for time and a lot of stuff like that. You know, how are you viewing this thing? I mean, you brilliant, genius, creative, you know, artists. I mean, how, how are you know how how are you viewing hustle and, and some of the things that they're talking about? Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna pivot this um, to Ash really quickly, but I I do want to say one I, I appreciate Naya's thoughts around um, sort of the, the the personal effects of of the hustle and so sort of having a, a foot in the business world as well as, as as well as you know the arts. I remember being in business school, you know, and, and there's this sort of climate that you know, sleep is for losers and, and, and everything, you know, you're really trying to, to maximize your time, but, but maximize what it looks like, you know, you, you're, you're really trying to paint this sort of facade around, you know, 20 hour work days, um, and, and what that means and how that looks and how that sort of painting certain, you know, um, I think perspective of what entrepreneurship or, or business looks like, but it's just not sustainable. And I think Naya brings up some great points about sort of the, the ramifications of that. Like when we're in these spaces working in this sort of way, the mental health, the wellness, you know, that begins a slippery slope. It may, it may be not even slippery in terms of like other um, poor health decisions that might affect yourself, your family, your well-being, all that. But I do want to pivot to Ash because I think that Ash, you know, as someone who was in the arts as well, I think there's a similar perspective of wanting to be um, wanting to like look busy, wanting to have like 50 projects going on at the uh, same time, wanting to, you know, sort of fake it till you make it or at least present a certain, you know, brand of, of yourself as as booked and busy, you know, um, and having a lot of things going on. So, Ash, I would love for you to maybe sort of lend your voice to this conversation in terms of that of that hustle. Yeah, um, I can absolutely say that uh, for one, for me personally, I grew up pretty rough. You know, so we was always hustling <laughs> in some way, shape or form. And um, so that's kind of ingrained in me. Uh, once I got into the, the arts activism work and really started to see the value of my voice and the impact of changing systems within large companies or organizations, um, it was like a spark, you know, it's the spark that goes off and you're like, wow, change is happening. Um, but it's extremely important to make sure that with your ideas that yes, you remember your why and that you're able to um, build systems so that you can delegate. You know, one of the things in organizing is you have to delegate all these moving parts at the same time um, for this whole, uh, you know, to pull a big operation off. And it comes from the top down. Um, so you have to be really strategic in those things. Um, that whole booked and busy thing, um, I can't say enough about just tuning out the noise. You know, and me, I'm extremely particular about, especially social media, to me, it's either a tool or it's a weapon. Mm. 
you know, and so when I make social media posts, those captions have to be like, I'm controlling my narrative. No one is taking this narrative from me. Um, and to me, if if I'm deep in a project or I know that some big change is happening, but, you know, everyone's got events, they've got all these things going on and everyone needs to be everywhere and take a picture. I'm okay with not posting. I'm okay with falling off the grid until it sounds right, it looks right, it's true to my voice um, because it's a marathon. It's not a race to be, you know, all these photo ops and, and like spread thin. Does that make sense? <laughs> no, sure. no, it does. It does. Um, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, no, yeah, I think I think a lot of us, and especially this year, especially I find myself, I think about what 2020 was and what the protests and, and all these things, that, like these historic events that happened. And then the world just kind of opened up like back to normal, like nothing ever happened. Mm. And so it's like, okay, we do these events, but what are we, where, where are these events going to get us in 15 years? What is, you know, what, what is this going to mean in 15, 20 years? And it, why are we here physically, mentally, like, where you're putting your energy? And so for me, I'm really like, um, I've gotten to a place where I just tune out the noise until that message is thorough, it's clear, um, and that I'm not spread thin everywhere um, and learning how to support from a distance because you can't be everywhere at once. Can I jump in on this, Joy? Because yep. hey, the last two folks have said something that I think is like so critically important. Number one, this idea of depression with entrepreneurship is so real because, you know, when you talk about, you know, it, everything looks good on the gram and everything looks good in social media. The, the reason why it has to as an entrepreneur is because you're building something that has to be desirable for a customer. And so if you're not desirable online, then customers don't want to deal with what you got. And so as a byproduct of that, you, you can't always or you have to find unique ways to tell your story or to have your, you know, text thread, your, your, your group chat or your thing offline. And so your public life can't be your private life in so many respects. And so your private life can't also be your public life. You've got to find ways to find, you know, that grace period that you need for self-care because this world of entrepreneurship is a lonely road. Even with a partner, it can be a lonely road because the struggles that you deal with as an entrepreneur are very unique to entrepreneurship. And when you've got friends who are building things, sometimes the things that you're even dealing with, if they're in different industries, don't correlate to what you are going through. And so you can find yourself very alone amongst a sea of people, even people that you love and people that care about you, because things can be so particular to what you're particularly going through. And so I just want to make like this, like this thing of depression and stress is super duper real. And I've had side conversations, you know, with the, with the podcast, with people that I've talked to who, you know, when you get off, when you stop the record button, the conversation you had on air is a lot different than the conversation you have off air. And you can, if you listen hard enough, you can really hear what they're talking about. Right. And we are going through it, you know, particularly as black people. And we are trying to break down generational curses. We are trying to break the mold. You know, my man said earlier, 90% of black owned companies have no employees. Well, also 80% of black owned companies and Hispanic companies and black women companies are in the bottom 20% of industries for revenue. So mm -hmm. we're over indexing on creating dry cleaners. We're over indexing on creating mom and pop grocery stores. We're over indexing on creating landscaping companies. And so it's hard 
to do this work and to break through that ceiling of things that have held us back so long. So I want to just whatever tips that, you know, and I think her name was Naya who had, had done this. Yeah. Whatever we can do to, to find 20 minutes a day to sit in journal, to sit, have 20 minutes a day to sit in prayer, have 20 minutes a day to sit and meditate, because you need that because you can't survive without it. Can yeah, I jump in here? Yeah, go ahead. Um, there's so much that was just said that I just I just want to um, just kind of tag on. And so I want to address a couple of things, the the self-care practices. But I also want to go back to and I can't see names. So I don't know if that was Tracy um, that made that comment earlier about social media. And I apologize if I get the name wrong, but I want to go back to that. And, and Courtney mentioned earlier from Sheer Sheer. Um, and I say this all the time, comparison is a thief of joy. And social media kind of drives this kind of comparison play. And I think that we have to really be mindful of that. And I intentionally make sure that I show harmony and life, some type of life integration on my feed. I make sure that I show what it is I value, like time with my family, time uh, that I am taking to, you know, do a brunch or spend time with friends. And those things that really make life matter. Because if we're not careful, we can get so sucked into these 20 hour days and there's nothing left. Our friendships are not left. Our relationships are not left. Our health is not left. Our mental well-being is not left. And I've seen the ravages of this grind um, in my personal life and within my family. So, you know, my father, who is my hero, really taught me a lot about health and wellness and entrepreneurship. I also saw him grind for years relentlessly by building a government contracting business was highly successful, but I also see now the impact on his physical well-being and what stress does. So 80 to 90% of death and disease comes from stress. So there's no way you cannot get sleep for years and years and years and not damage your heart, which then ends up leading to a stroke, which ends up leading to some other things. For some people, it takes them out. For some people, it's debilitating. So I just want to kind of throw those in there um, as things just to be mindful of. And one of the things that I also want to encourage us as founders is come up with your daily practices. What are your you know, 10 might sound ambitious, but what if it's five? What are your five daily practices that make you the best you? And it doesn't need to be a chore. Is it, um, like I shared for me, it's reading scripture in the morning, it's gratitude journaling. You might say, I don't have time, but it really sets the tone for the rest of the day and makes you your most productive self. For me, that might be 10 minutes. It also might be doing something to make sure that I'm uplifting and empowering someone else going for a walk, getting some fresh air, drinking my water, lighting my candles, playing good music in the background, all of these things that feed my senses so we can really redirect our neural pathways and operate in a space of mindfulness, a space of higher levels of awareness and know when we need to press pause. The, the, the problems, the drama, the to-do list will always, always be there. So we have to give ourselves permission to, to press pause and to be honest, right? Like as entrepreneurs, we do have to, you know, we feel like we have this pressure of always selling this perfection and there's no such thing. So giving ourselves license to not always get it right and, and not worry about it always being perfect. We have to iterate as we go along and we're learning with each step. And some people, you know, really talk about failure. I will talk about, you know, falling forward and, and we're learning as we're going. So I don't want to be too long winded, but I just think that this is such a great and needed conversation. No, I'm, I'm hundred percent there with you. I mean, you're, you're talking about, 
you know, all the things that, that, that come from the hustle, right? You mentioned relationships, raise my hands. My wife will tell you the same exact thing. You know what I'm saying? Um, I, you know, you, you talk about, you know, when we say relationships with family, with friends and things of that nature, you talk about lack of sleep, raise my hand, you know, and even if you talk about particularly like, like founders of color and not to get, you know, from a health standpoint too deep into that, but we're probably already disproportionately. Um, yeah, disproportionately, you know, affected by that in general. And then you add on the extra stress of an entrepreneur. And so you start to see the impact of the addiction to the hustle. Then you start to have other people that 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 uh, who cope in various ways. Sometimes they, they 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 drink. Sometimes they use drugs and things of that nature. So there's a lot of impact there on the addiction to the hustle. And this is why we wanted to have this this conversation, particularly with with Floyd and Science Gallery team. And so Floyd, I'd love to come for you. I mean, again, any other additional thoughts on on what you're what what you've been hearing so far? No, this is. An amazing conversation. Um, and, and one thing that I, I really just want to add when we talk about um, sort of this sort of, uh, you know, snapshot of like who, you know, who are the entrepreneurs, who are the founders? Um, I think Naya mentioned um, a lot of uh, one person uh, businesses in, in many ways coming from the art side of this you know, artists are oftentimes one person businesses where you're actually trading, you know, trading something of yourself for money, you know, time, all of that. And so there, there's oftentimes this this extra stress of I have to produce, you know, this body of work or I have to produce this commission because I'm used, I'm literally, you know, trading my time into this project, into this product or project. And then, you know, that gives me income and revenue. And I, I think that the the added stresses on that um, from an artist perspective are very much in line with what you all are talking about as founders, as entrepreneurs. And I think that from, from a science gallery Atlanta standpoint, as we're thinking about um, hooked and thinking about um, addiction, not just as like a criminal justice kind of thing, but really as like a public health perspective, the the a context for your health, um, the communities, the 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 people who you're in touch with, the activities that kind of inform your life. I think this is just a super important conversation that we really want to continue to push forward. And I think that the founders, in many ways, are in parallel conversation with the artists because I think that you know. You, you sort of have a a version of yourself in the future that you're working towards, but you're really having lots of trade-offs to get there. Um, and some and, and sometimes with those trade-offs, there's certain behaviors, activities, ways of coping that are not always uh, long-term helpful, but may feel like a momentary um, relief from that extra pressure, anxiety, or mental health challenge. Yeah, no, nah, I'm 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 with you 100% on on that. I mean. I think the interesting part, and again, one of the reasons I was so excited for this conversation is the opportunity to showcase how how artists and scalable tech startup founders are really the same thing. And we know that particularly for founders of color, again, no matter what your end product is, we have some of this, a lot of the same qualities and stuff like that. And so this is an amazing opportunity to to kind of bridge the gap. You know, and I, and I should, uh, I want to kick it to Julius. I mean, any, any additional thoughts here? I should also mention that, you know, Julie is your your graduate of, of Emory University. You know, shout out, so shout out to Emory as well. That was kind of you know somewhat somewhat intentional here. But you know, any 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 thoughts? Uh, you know, based on some of the recent comments. Yeah, I just want to add to um, just around like some of the kind of coping mechanisms around 
um, you know, the hustle and uh, the, the feelings and emotions that come with that. Um, I think a lot of us tend to, and it goes back to really the, the busy thing. Like a lot of us tend to um, retreat to making ourselves busy when we're going, when we're having a hard time, whether it's at work, at what our businesses or, or otherwise, we, tr- we tend to try to find things to distract ourselves. Um, so one thing I've made practice out of is, is uh, journaling. Right. So um, I think this is I think it's important for two reasons. The first is I think it's, it's super important for us to actually feel our feelings. I think like the feelings are there for a reason. Um, and I think it's dangerous for us and detrimental for us to always try to mask those and, and try to kind of hide those in our work. Um, but also is there's kind of like a methodical and mechanical practice around that for me because journaling allows me to go back. In the future, I can go back and see where I was at a certain point in time uh, from, a, from a business perspective or just a life perspective. Um, and it allows me to, to firsthand witness our gro- my growth um, around certain things. So that's been really, really key and critical um, as we talk about like founders therapy. The journaling really has been my therapy. So I can, one, sit in those feelings for a while instead of just distracting myself from the emotion of it, but also be able to go back in the future and see where I was mentally at a certain given time. Um, and then also just from like, I'm very pragmatic and analytical. So that process also allows me to understand why do I feel a certain way? What, what exactly is it that caused me to feel like this? And then is it something that I can change? Um, and then if so, I need to go figure out how to change it, right? So it's also um, kind of just a, a mechanical process to understand how I should be improving and changing things to make my experience a better one. Julius is spitting so much game today. So I, so like, <laughs> I, I've got journals. That I don't throw my journals away because I want to look back at last year's and see who that person was. Like, who was that guy? Because I, I want to go back and read the past will and see how far I've come. You know, there's this quote by Joan Didion that says, I don't know what I think until I write it down. And when you, when you think about as an entrepreneur, you have, you are dealing with hundreds or thousands of things every day, fires you putting out, people issues, you're the principal, you're the counselor, you're the teacher, you're the mentor, you're the one to get people back on track, you're the parent in some so many respects. And you really don't know what you're going through until you right, get a chance to, to debrief with yourself at the end of the day. One thing I love and why I think this is such a thing, such a good thing to um, support for you guys in Goody Nation today. So number one, donate to Goody's campaign. Um, your mission, you know, being to eliminate that relationship gap, you know, that so often exists for black founders. Sometimes that relationship gap is with yourself. Mm. Sometimes you are the person mm. who you need a better relationship with. Yes. And so that's why this conversation is so important. Can I just add a few things to this conversation as well? I think um, in a lot of the work we do as founders is, um, you know, we've talked about mentioning your why, but also um, for me, a big thing is quality of life. So that's quality of my professional, um, you know, making sure that I'm satisfying myself professionally and personally, but you got to set boundaries and work backwards from that and um, making sure that you're honoring those boundaries. Um, so it's very important because once you start to honor those boundaries, then you start to really feel the benefits of, you know, a, a certain standard of quality of life. 
Mm-hmm. And so I think that's important, something to keep in mind of what do I really want this to feel like? What Do, do I want to work nine months out of the year for three days a week? And, you know, and then I need to find a hobby. And then, I, you know, and, and what that balance looks like. How many years do I plan on doing this? You know, working backwards from that, um, um, you know, do I want to do this well into retirement? How far into retirement? If I want to work on retirement, I got to work on that now so I can chill later. Um, so that's very important to me is we only, you know, I'm a mother. I have uh, my oldest daughter. She's an artist. She's 21 years old. My youngest is 16. She's actually going into um, she's in college now for therapy, you know, to be a therapist. So it's important that, um, you know, I'm showing them what quality of life looks like in working for yourself as a black female entrepreneur. Um, but at this at the end of the day, you know, we ain't getting no younger. So <laughs> it's like I only have a certain window that I'm gonna have this amount of energy, this amount of passion, this gusto, and I need to um I gotta like steal the deal. For me, I gotta steal the deal in a certain amount of time frame so that retirement looks and feels how I've envisioned it to be. No, that's that's super powerful. I'm, I'm, I want to kick it to, to Naya next. I mean, for, for I think for several different ways. One is a founder, but also through the, through the work that you're doing. But you for, so for everyone here, you think about quality of life. I think I can speak for let, you, let me speak for myself. I'm, I'm let me not project on my stuff onto onto the to, to other founders. Like I don't really think about quality of life. Or you know what? I'll get to it later, right? I'll I'll, I'll get to it later. Whether it's like in the current state. Or to your point, Ash, about even stuff like like retirement. So, so now I want to kick it to you. When you think about when you hear what Ash said, Ash said around you know quality of life, how do you think about it? And then you know from the perspective of your of your work, like what are your what are your recommendations on it? Oh, that's that's my language. <laughs> so, utopia living is all about holistic living, and that's with. AW, I specifically spell it that way to really focus on the the well-being of the whole person. And so the utopia living philosophy is that all areas of our life can be in harmony. And it doesn't mean that everything's going to have equal time every single day, but harmony is something different. And that means we're conscious, we're aware around our mental well-being, our physical well-being, our emotional well-being, our relational well-being, our financial well-being, and our professional well-being. So we're looking at our lives as a, a wheel and all of these different spokes on the wheel. And so if you have missing spokes or you have some that are damaged, that wheel is not going to turn and flow and function the way it was designed to. And so there's a a philosophy that I live by and it's live life by design, not by default. And so utopia living is intentional living. And so we want to live a life by design, not by default. And that's what I heard Ash speaking to, you know, what do you want your life to look like? And so I think about that all the time, not just for five years from now, even next year, even this year, because you have to find the harmony in the day to day, in the week to week, in the month to month. And so you know, there's so much there. You know, I think about if I'm grinding to get this deadline, you know, this application submitted or to get this, you know, client onboarded. And that means that I have to stay up, you know, and only get three or four hours worth of sleep, which is a real thing when you're an entrepreneur. You need to be thinking about 
what does day five of this week look like? How am I going to replenish? How am I going to rejuvenate? How am I going to make sure that I sleep in? And, and even in these grind days, am I going to Whole Foods and grabbing my green juice, which is what I do? Am I going to run and grab a salad because I don't have time to cook? What am I fueling my body with? And also making sure that you are reaching out to those that do understand you. You know what I'm saying? Reach out to your fellow founder friends, but also make sure that you don't just totally neglect your loved ones. Growing up in an entrepreneurial household, you know, I saw the real, real. And so for my friends that might be first generation entrepreneurs, I understand what this looks like. I understand that our sacrifices end up spilling over into those that love and care about us, but we can't really expect for people to get be neglected for long periods of time and still have a healthy whole relationship. So we have to learn how to lean in and say, oh my gosh, I know that this is like going to be two weeks or three weeks of grinding, but you know what? At the end of this three weeks, we're going to do a staycation or we're going to do a short road trip or make sure that you're taking those trip trips. Like, so for me, some of my therapy is travel, <laughs> getting away, going to Belize. I recently went to West Africa and taking other people with me. And then I turn it into a, a global wellness retreat, which is what I'm doing, but to show other people how to like really take care of themselves. But these are things I think my on my business keeps me honest. And so for me, it's those daily moments of, of creating your own utopia and your own life by design. So I soak in the tub every single day. So that's something that's a daily practice that makes me feel like I had a few moments of hydrotherapy. And so what are those daily practices, you know, is something that I'll keep getting back to or else we'll look up and what did it, what did any of it matter? What does it matter? You know what I mean? If you have nobody to share it with, or what does it matter if sometimes we hold on to it so hard because we have neglected everything else, right? So everything else is a hot mess. And then we're still just over pivoting and over indexing on this one thing. And someone mentioned in an earlier call, the reality is 90% of startups don't make it, right? So right. we won't believe that ours will. We're defying the odds. But if it doesn't, I think we're still that much more valuable because now you've been a founder. Now you've you've been a CEO of a company of a company. So now you're even that much more marketable. But at the end of the day is you don't want to put all of your your eggs in one basket where the rest of your life just uh, deteriorates and disintegrates. So we really do want to have that awareness and check in. How are, how are my relationships doing? How's my body doing? How am I feeling? How are my friends doing? Who haven't I talked to in a while? So when I'm doing road trips, I just drove to Maryland for the, for Thanksgiving. I make, sh I make sure during those times that I'm checking in with folks that I haven't talked to in a long time that I need to follow up with. So just really being intentional about making sure we're getting in you know, those touch points to add that health and harmony to the areas of our lives that are important to us. No, I, I love it. I, I want to kick it to Julius and into, I want to, I want to go just briefly on this thing around quality of life before we spend a little bit of time talking about, you know, the, the, the exhibit, the science art gallery. So, you know, before I go to you, Julius, I'm, I'm going to answer these questions for myself. I'm going to talk about how do you view your current quality of life after hearing what everyone just said versus what it should, it probably should be. And so I'm gonna start with myself and say the, the lies we tell ourselves, especially as entrepreneurs that, you know, it, it'll just be better tomorrow, right? So for me, if I do an honest assessment of my quality of life, relationship with, with family and friends are, are not really where it should be in terms of how, how frequently I, I communicate with them. I, I joke 
sadly, I joke with the founders and the huddles that I leave that I spend. I, I see them more than I see my own family. Right. Again, it's pretty sad. Um, you know, am I where I need to be from a health standpoint? No, I'm not. Again, the lie that I tell myself, it'll be a little bit better tomorrow. Yeah, I may make some incremental progress, but that quality of life is not where it, where it needs to be. And there's a lot of probably a few other, other ways. So, Jules, I'm going to kick it to you. You know, current quality of life, honest assessment versus where, and you may be perfect, by the way, which is totally acceptable, right? <laughs> but, where, but where, you know, where, where it could be or should be. Yeah. So this is something else I'm, I'm super passionate about. Um, I make it a very high priority to have um, a good work-life balance. So um, is it perfect? No, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say it's perfect, but uh, my quality of life is honestly great. And, and I made that uh, a very high priority and, and that came about through um, kind of what I was talking about earlier, building systems and building processes and hiring people to help push the business forward instead of having, you know, the entire existence and the well-being of the business resting on my shoulders every single day. All right. There was a time where I was afraid of my phone because my phone was ringing all day and all night because my customers are calling, my my vendors are calling, investors are calling, everybody's calling me all day because I didn't have the support that I needed to do to manage those things. Right. So that's super important to me. Um, the day I quit my job, I quit my job Juneteenth of 2019. That was very symbolic for me. Um, but the, that day, actually, I, I resigned and I left. I went to the tattoo parlor and I got the word free tattooed on my wrist right here. Mm. And that has kind of become my North Star. Every day I'm, I'm asking myself, am I doing things that are going to propel me closer to um, this idea of freedom? And really what that looks like to me is equity over my own life. Right. Like we talk about equity a lot in, in startup land. And really what equity is, is equity is ownership and, and ownership is the ability to make a decision. Right. So if you got uh, investors on your cap table to have equity and ownership in your business, they have the ability to make some decisions about your business. Right. That's just the nature of it. So as for relating that same concept to my own life, I want to have as much equity in my own life as I possibly can. Can I wake up every morning? and decide how I want to spend my time today. Um, and that's really my, my North Star. So relating that back to just the quality of life, I feel like my quality of life is is satisfactory at this point because I've put things in place to be able to have that equity in my own life. And that has come by way of, of um, you know, outsourcing some stuff and hiring people and just building things that allow me to, to have that ownership of my life every day. No, I love it. I love it. I definitely need to take some some tips from your book. Will, I'm going to kick it to you. So I'll, I actually want to ask you for yourself personally, but also maybe in some of the things that you observed in in, in entrepreneurs, you know, that you that you talked about. I feel like you kind of hinted at it earlier. Yeah, um, I would say generally quality of life is good. I just think what happens with entrepreneurs is the effort to protect that quality of life fluctuates, mm. you know, so um for some people, I mean, obviously the quality of life goes haywire, but for me, the effort to protect that quality, it does fluctuate. Like right now is probably one of the hardest moments to protect that quality of life because I just opened a business and I have a jazz club opening in less than 30 days, mm. you know? So I've got, you know, people hundred feet from me doing construction right now and I have no investors. And so this is like the hardest time in my entrepreneurial journey is, you know, doing this million dollar project and, Nobody else at the end of the day can I lean on except me and my ability to go kill another deer to, to be able to, to feed the fam. 
you know, because so the thing about the conversations I've had, you know, I think it's saying the same thing for most entrepreneurs, you know, and most of the people I talk to are like high, you know, scale, you know, fast scaling, um, large um, scale technology companies. And the pressure that they have is what people don't realize about like taking on venture capital is now you got not just that investor who's breathing down your neck, but that whole board is now breathing down your neck. And now you've there's so much more stuff at stake versus and that's and that's OK. Like if that's the road you want to take, that's perfectly fine, because there are some companies that do need venture capital. Just know what you're getting into. And so we see, you know, people raising all this money and we clap for them worthily like that. They, they're very worthy of that recognition. But just know what it takes to live that life. Know what it takes to be an entrepreneur, even who hasn't raised outside capital like myself. Like I'm doing this project and I have two other companies and I have no outside investors. And it looks good on the gram. It looks good on, you know, but like this, this life internally is a real battle. And is to protect that sanity, to protect that quality of life, because I have a family also. And so it's important for me to take those moments, you know, to actually be present with my kids because they see it. You know, so when I'm playing Fortnite, it's only because my son is there playing Fortnite. And so I'm like, I'm spending that time with him or my daughters want to do something. And so the entrepreneurs that I talk to on the podcast, Black Tech Green Money, is a lot of that same thing is, is people. I, I try to get to like, who are the real people behind the entrepreneurial face that we see on the cover of, you know, Afrotech or, you know, the Wall Street Journal. And these are real people dealing with real things. And, you know, we don't always appreciate that when we see them up on stage and we see them just raising, you know, half a billion dollars or whatever, you know. And so I think it's just super important for us to realize that we're human beings. Um, Joe, you, you talked about this, that self-care, like the things that you eat, you know, that stuff matters. And all that stuff matters into how you feel and to ultimately how your health, you know, outcomes. And so and the things that happen to us not taking care of ourselves don't all happen at once. It happens gradually over time. Oh, OK, I can just go get some fries this time on the way to the meeting because you know, I got to run to the meeting. I don't have time to cook. But that fries, <laughs> those, those fries turn into fries for dinner, too. Those right. fries turn into hash browns in the morning. The hash browns turn into more fries for lunch. And because it just doesn't happen like all at once, but it happens sneakily. And it's always an excuse. There's always an excuse to go do the thing that's easy. Mm-hmm. And so it's up to you to, again, to protect that quality of life. Because we all started out with this with black hair. I got more grays now than I did, you know, when I, when I got on this journey. And it all and it all because of age, but it's also stress. And that's the effort to protect that quality and to protect that sanity and to protect that space, as I believe somebody here said. You know, I, the reason I don't have an iPhone, not an Apple Watch, is because I was about to freak out because it mm-hmm. kept buzzing all day long. So I can't have an I can't do iPhone, an Apple Watch. Okay. I had to protect myself. So I wear a G-Shot because I'm like, if I keep this watch on, I'm going to freak out on everybody because that, those are the types of things that we have to protect ourselves from. It could be putting your phone on silent, which we can go a whole out rabbit hole. But I'm saying it's the things that you don't really recognize that play a significant role into how you feel and to ultimately your health. Nah, I love it. I love it. I love it. So, so Floyd, uh, we have a, about four minutes left. I want to go a little bit into just quickly around, you know, what, what you have coming up next year with the exhibit and, and how this all kind of relates. 
Yeah, thank you for that, Joy. Thank you, everybody. Um, so once again, Science Gallery Atlanta is an Atlanta-facing initiative of Emory University. Um, we're leveraging um, amazing art to connect more folks with science. Our first exhibition is entitled Hooked, and so we're unpacking all the things that we think we know about addiction um, and sort of that sort of arc of, of addiction. There are four major themes of that exhibition. There's the euphoria side of it, which kind of ties into the hustle. Um, there's the speed of life, which also ties into the hustle. Um, you know, there's section called uh, Beyond Control, which what happens when some of these things that are around this sort of um, are beyond our ability to, 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 to manage them. Um, and then going from harm to hope. And so, you know, for me as a creative producer, I'm always trying to find ways to, to broaden the conversation, but to really tie it back to what's important for Science Gallery Atlanta, which is fostering important conversations building bridges like this and really just trying to um, uplift a lot of a lot of important conversations that are already happening. Um, and so uh, in spring of or not spring, um, early 2022, but throughout the spring and the summer, um, we'll be having programming um, uh, for our exhibition season, but also just Science Gallery Atlanta in general. So um, find us uh, at atlanta.sciencegallery.com. Uh, um, and, and really, again, I just want to thank all of the folks here and, and, you know, Goody Nation, support Goody Nation. Um, but this is a conversation, um, that is just super important. And I hope that we can maybe revisit this conversation sometime early next year, as we just sort of think more about, again, the hustle, um, our addiction to the hustle, what that means for us in terms of both, um, our well-being personally, professionally, and how we move in the world. So, um, that's a, little, a tad bit more about what, what we're doing with our Science Gallery Atlanta. And I just really want to thank everyone for being part of this conversation and want to keep it going. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Uh, so, 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 Ash, I want to give kick it to you just quickly. How can people find you online or get in contact or anything like that? Sure. Uh, my website is uh, www.powerhouse, and that's H-A-U-S-Art.com. And you can find out about some of our public art projects and initiatives their um, social media, it's Powerhouse Creative uh, on Instagram, and I'm on LinkedIn as Ash Nash. Awesome, 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 awesome. Uh, Naya, what, what about you? How can people get in contact with you? Absolutely. So um, on Instagram, you can find me on all social, social media platforms. Uh, Utopia Spawn Global Wellness would be at Utopia SGW. Utopia SGW. Um, I will say that we are offering a two for one membership, monthly membership right now. Um, so get moving with your friends. Um, and our website is Utopia Spa and Global Wellness. Me personally, Utopia Instagram, Utopia Living with Naya. Awesome. Awesome. Will, what about you? I mean, you got lots of going on. I mean, feel free to list all of them, including the jazz club. Oh, uh, yeah. So um, first, Black Tech Green Money podcast, download wherever you get podcasts. I talked to some of the biggest and upcoming um, Black technologists in the world, VCs, the whole gamut, the Black Tech Green Money, um, at Will Lucas on IG. Um, you can see my social club, tollhouse.com, T-O-L-H-O-U-S-E. Inside Toll House is five bars, five lounges, a jazz club, coffee house, podcast wow. studios, the whole thing. Um, yeah, that's enough. That's enough. There it is. There it is. There it is. Um, and Julius. Yep. Um, so business-wise, online, uh, Ride with Jax on every platform. Um, personal, uh, first name, last name on every platform as well. Awesome. Awesome. 
So listen, everyone, this was an amazing conversation. Thank you a ton. Uh, like Floyd says, we'll look to revisit this conversation in 2022. This was awesome. I know, you know, we got we, you're getting comments in and stuff like that. So people are extremely appreciative of the conversation. I know I personally am. Just know that I'm going to spend a little bit of time after today on my quality of life. So, you know, I'm taking this stuff in. Y'all pray for me as much as possible. Um, but we truly appreciate y'all. Um, and thank, thanks a ton. You continue to check us out throughout the day. And uh, we'll be in contact soon. Appreciate y'all. So make sure y'all donate. Yes, there donate. It there it is. Amazing. There it is. You can donate by texting good stories to 77. Thank you for tuning in to the Wild Relationships Matter podcast by Goody Nation. We hope you enjoyed it. If you were inspired, if you want to make a difference, if you want to close the relationship gap, please follow us at Goody Nation on all social media channels or log on to our website, goodynation.org. Peace.